This is Gemma, and this is Money Can't Buy You Class, a podcast about the intersection of reality television and critical theory. Um, That's right. Yeah. And uh, this week, we read a goddamn book. Cover to cover, people. I was going to say, and not only did we read a book, we read the same book. And not only did we read the same book, we read the literal same copy of the same book. It is, it is a, it's a text. I, I would, <laughs> I don't know if it's a, I would call it, I would call it cultural. It w- it's a cultural criticism. It's, um, but in a very literal sense, like it's a critique of culture. Yeah. Okay. We read house of Hilton by Jerry Oppenheimer, not to be confused with the Oppenheim group. I, I really, I dig, I, I kept thinking of that. I also kept thinking of Robert Oppenheimer. Um, who went to my high school? The most Classic famous name. alum. Classic name. Um, so yes, House of I, Hilton. It is, huh. here's the full title. House of Hilton, From Conrad to Paris, A Drama of Wealth, Power, and Privilege. And the front cover sleeve has uh, the phrases old school naughtiness, celebrity hanky-panky, wealth and excess. And it's basically a book just all about the Hilton dynasty. And it sort of starts on the maternal side ends on the paternal side. And it's, you know, in a way we'll get into it, but it's about, you know, I guess it's posed as a book that's supposed to be like explaining Paris Hilton, but it really serves as this very, very rich and detailed family history. And this book was published in 2006, mm-hmm. which, um, Night of the you tabloid know, years. right. Tabloid years. And, um, you know, I think something that makes me feel like 2006 was a while ago is that George W. Bush was president. Whew. Isn't that crazy? And <laughs> you're like, that was such a long time ago. That's cuckoo. Um, but anyway, but it's House of Hilton was recommended to us by a friend of the pod, Emma Burke, who does I'm a Genius podcast, a really, really good podcast. So just to give some context for everybody, um, the 2000, there was an iconic 2006 photo of Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, and Britney Spears in the front seat of a convertible. So just, you know, picture that, you know, we're talking pigtails, satiny v-necks, big belts, blonde side bangs for miles. Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of um, images, I let's, let's start this by just describing the cover of this book. Because as we said, like, it's a book of cultural criticism. Mm -hmm. It's the unauthorized biography of Paris Hilton. It's about the whole Hilton family, but it's basically centered around kind of like uh, the, like the, the genealogical fantasy making lineage 
of Paris Hilton. Um, so it's a, it, you know, so it's like recording Paris Hilton from her mother's side and her father's side. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it kind of talks about how both sides influenced who she is in the cultural moment, like in the contemporary cultural moment, but contemporary cultural moment as in like 2006. Mm-hmm. But the the cover of the book is very, very interesting because it looks like the the cover of a uh, tabloid magazine. Yes. Um, you know, it is like very bright colors. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, which, which may sound silly, but I think that like a lot of like the, 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 the whole image of a tabloid magazine is that when you're like waiting online, it like fully catches your eye. Yes. So to visually, to visually describe it, you know, in terms of font, there's, um, sort of that font that that reads splashed across the page mm-hmm. um it's and the images on the front the, the main image on the front is paris and nikki uh in a very 2000s look um posing for the camera but it's like a tabloid image it's an image like taken from the tabloids and then there's on the the left side of the cover there's a photo of conrad hilton tipping his hat in black and white there's a kind of sepia toned image of Nick Hilton, who was a real womanizer with, I think, Natalie Wood in this photo, and then Mm -hmm. Wealth and Excess, which is the image of Rick Hilton and Kathy Hilton in an awkward kiss that also looks snapped by a paparazzi. Yeah, so I think that, like, even from the cover of the book, you can tell that, like, first of all, it is unauthorized, um, which, which I guess, like, technically means that, like, they, they didn't get the, like, necessary like it's not illegal but they didn't get like the necessary authorization of like the Hilton family to write this book so which which I also thought was kind of interesting because it makes the book more of like a like an image of fantasy or like an image of fiction as opposed to something like necessarily like oh my god we spoke to like Paris Hilton herself like it's not necessarily like it is a tell-all but it's not a like um it's not a tell-all from the like first degree source what's that called in like high school history class like primary source like it it uses like the secondary source of like the friends of or like the workers of like workers in Waldorf in the Waldorf Astoria where like Paris Hilton and the whole family like notoriously lived for nine years yeah um so but so so the cover of the book kind of authorizes it or like creates an image of it being like an outside looking in like what can you glean from from knowing about a family only in the image of its fantasy the cover kind of zooms out from this like tabloid perspective and once you go in it's just like kind of like a long detailed look at a fucked up family that's been around for a long time well right and I think that that's one of the most fascinating parts of the book is that it's you know in 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 the in the introduction and in like the beginning of every chapter it reiterates that it's about Paris Hilton Mm -hmm. like this is a book about exploring why Paris Hilton is the way she is. It's yeah. not about exploring who she is in the cultural moment of 2006. It's not about exploring like what does it mean that Paris Hilton is doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah. It's about asking the question like Paris Hilton is this like crazy partier. Yeah. Where did she come from? Like how did this happen? Not culturally, but genealogically. How did how does this happen? I, you know, in our last episode, we talked about Kim Kardashian's 
interiority, you know, if she has one or not. And I, I feel like in this, in this, in a way like this was almost like a humanizing effort and not even like with an intent to like make people like Paris, but as I read it, I was like, oh yeah, like she is like a person who has a family, like everybody else, you know? And I think in 2006, when she was really pioneering, like famous for being famous, people hated Paris Hilton. Like people were like, like horrified that she was like the decline of civilization. Like she was like the symbol of the end times, you know? And I think that like, there's something that's there like very presently with the book. Cause it feels like it's trying to be like, it's trying to like uncover something about her or show us something about some truth about her or some, or predict somehow where she's going to end up. Right. No, exactly. And I think that even it's just like it, talking about the interior interiority of Paris Hilton. Like, I think that this book is like quite literally thinking about the interiority of like, you know, very like sperm and egg, like how my genetics play into the cultural phenomenon of Paris Hilton. And it, it actually does a very fascinating job in proving a point or, you know, proving the Jerry Hop- Jerry Oppenheimer's uh, like hypothesis that like, in a sense, it's, it's genetic and that Paris Hilton is not necessarily, well, Paris Hilton is not actually the first person who's famous for being famous. Like he, he's, he's yes. like, she's not an anomaly. And th- yes. I think that that's a very interesting point because I think that in 2006, as you're saying, there's like this whole hubbub about her. My parents used to be like, yeah. uh, especially growing up in New York, my parents are like, oh my God, like Paris Hilton and Donald Trump are like ruining New York. You know what I mean? Like that was like the big thing. But I think that he's saying is like this type of woman, neither good nor bad, just like this type of in the spotlight, famous for being famous woman has been around for decades. And not only has this type of woman been around for decades, this type of woman has always been associated with the Hiltons. Yes, that and that is the really fascinating part about this book you have in your note here like uh it's kind of he's kind of tracking the image or the idea or this like fantasy of Paris Hilton and so all so he tracks he talks a lot about women who have either been the either the women part that are part of the family or women that have come through the family through his through her grandfather through her great uncle um and all those women kind of mimic her I mean, I think even more than like an insight in interiority of like Paris, it's just like, to me, like this also feels like a genealogy of like fame in America. It's kind of like the origins of Hollywood in a way. It really has like the set. It does have a sense of like. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it's also the origins of like the marriage of, of, of showbiz with like entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. Because I think that that's also you know, it's like Grimes dating Elon Musk. And I think that like, that's the type of relationship that like, perhaps seems like contemporary or or modern or something, but it's actually not like, it's actually like quite old. And I think that there's like, a lot of people are sending me like the Allison uh, Davies uh, article about the vibe shift or whatever. Um, And I, right. And like, part of that is about like the, the revival of like indie sleaze. Yeah. Right. And I think that um, as we were talking about on our episode with like Jasmine Johnson, like there's a lot of romanticization in the revival, right? There's a lot of like romantic 
aspects of of remembering of being Mm -hmm. like oh I want to copy this aesthetic and that aesthetic and like even like the Paris Hilton don't be poor shirt or you know like that's something that's that's like copied as like an irony almost some you know for some people it's ironic for some it's not but I you know or, or even you know people being like oh my god like Zaza Gabor's um biography and what we'll get into this later you know is like so indicative of like who I am now and like lower Manhattan and shit like that but I think that actually in like contextualizing it or like remembering it in terms of who people in their in their like literal lineage turn out to be you start to like more deeply understand how these people were seen first of all in their era but also perhaps you start to look into the future about how major celebrities like Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian or Julia Fox or whoever the fuck will be remembered in 20 30 40 50 years yeah so yes precisely but but now let's let's explain what that what that even means so the book starts um so book one is maternal roots and, um, it goes, it goes into the kind of genealogy of big Kathy, as she was known, um, whose maiden name was Dugan, Kathleen Dugan. If you're a Beverly Hills, we're a house of Beverly Hills watcher. That is Kyle's deceased mother who she can't stop talking about. And let me tell you this woman, whew, she is the, the focus of the maternal roots section she's paris's grandma maternal grandmother her parents were like middle class would you say yeah you know they're solidly middle class um but they you know uh, they they were not disciplinarians they kind of let her do whatever the fuck she wanted to do but also she was the type of kid who would just do whatever the fuck she wanted to do yeah like i think that the book kind of tries to show that like even if her parents had been a different way like she still would have like gotten into yeah she was like a very she's a bad kid and a very headstrong person who basically if she wanted something she got it that was definitely like the if we're talking about a through line to Paris like that's what I think they were trying to pull out it's like if she wants it she gets it and and she controls the narrative after however the fuck she's gotten it then she says I actually got it this other way and the thing is with Kathleen is that you know it feels like every famous family has to have some matriarch or some member of the family who desperately wanted to be famous right and it had to take four generations for Paris to get that famous because these Paris's aspirations I think the other thing that's interesting about the book is Paris's aspirations were the same as all of her aunts and grandmother but she was the only one that really managed to do it so yeah the maternal roots really exposes that the obsession with fame yeah yeah no exactly and I th- okay so and then just to because I think that also uh part of what we're trying to do this episode is we're talking about this kind of like random book but we're also kind of talking about it in the context of Paris and love yes and this is Paris yes and, um for those who don't know quickly this is Paris is the Paris Hilton documentary um about her time in uh you know in an abusive boarding school um very disciplinarian 
uh, boarding school, which she kind of like, quote unquote, exposed in this documentary for being super abusive. Um, and I think that after the dog, they've kind of gotten shut down. Um, and, and, and then Paris and love is the, I think follow it's up. like 15 part. Um, right. It's a follow-up, but it's like a 15 part not mini series, but like one season, a reality show. Like documenting the journey to marriage. Right. About Paris's um, engagement and wedding planning with, with this guy, this billionaire, millionaire Carter. Uh, So we're trying to think about uh, Paris and love. And this is Paris in terms of house of Hilton, not just because they, all three of them focus on Paris Hilton, but because like, once you see this is Paris and Paris and love, you, you kind of can, you like all of a sudden you, you start to understand these very like awkward, I guess, dialectics or, you know, but these like very awkward contradictions between the book which in a certain way is a type of reality um and the shows which in another way is a type of reality so Paris and Love for instance focuses on like the marriage of Paris and her you know fiance um and a lot of it is about like wanting to have their wedding at Conrad Hilton's house mm-hmm. which is you know a piece of architecture that's mentioned a lot in the book in the context of Conrad Hilton yeah, her grandfather, and then Conrad Hilton, also in the context of Kathy Hilton. This story of the Hiltons, and Conrad Hilton especially, is very American. And the story about like the famous people, like the Hollywood fame, it's like this kind of American scandals and this kind of, you know, Conrad Hilton's hotels like had a huge boom, you know, when like the U.S. was giving martial aid, he would build hotels where in countries where they were getting martial aid. And he is like the guy that survived the depression while everyone else was like flinging themselves off of, which is what Jerry Oppenheimer says, like everyone else was flinging themselves off hotel balconies. He was building the next the hotel next door. So I, feel, I just feel like the like the embeddedness of American culture is interesting to me, especially like watching Paris, the Paris stuff now, because it it, it's like this carryover and, and she's always referencing herself. And, and sorry to like um, get off topic or whatever, but like a, a moment I was thinking of in Paris and love is when she's having her engagement party and Chris Jenner shows up. Yeah. And Chris Jenner is like, thank you, Paris. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Kim wouldn't be here. Your mother wouldn't be here. And you literally understand that like Paris, who I guess now is like 40 completely influenced all you know all the all these different lives and, yeah. and then you even think about like how um cat like big kathy uh kathy dugan had her three daughters kim k-a-m kyle k-y-l-e and kathy k-a-t-h-y and then paris obviously is the offspring of kathy hilton who who married into the hilton family and then you know kim kardashian and Paris were friends growing up. And I think that you like, it becomes extremely obvious that Chris Jenner was like, I'm going to do what Kathy Hilton did. So Chris, Chris, whatever became Chris Kardashian and then had the three daughters with the K name. And then she like propelled them into, into fame and fortune by associating them with the family who had had that same fantasy of Chris themselves. Jenner definitely took a page out of big Kathy's book. And she's like obvious about it as well. Yeah. 
Well, so in, in so yeah, so in thinking about like her like setting the stage or kind of like inspiring or like pioneering all this stuff, what I felt like was really present to me in watching and like engaging with these three, you know, pieces of media was her fame was really successful in that it was very much about this distance. She was famous because there was such a distance between this performance of self and who she really was. And like I said, we're still trying to access that question at every turn. That's still her brand. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it, but it, but it also at the same time is a type of like antiquated way to become famous because I think that it's just like, now it's like, you can't, you, you can't have that type of like a uh, performative outer self yeah. because the way that you get seen is through exposing yourself yeah. instead of being seen through like the literal lenses of others. Right. But anyway, should, should we talk a little bit about like the crazy shit that happens in this book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, just to give everybody a sense of the schema here. Big Kathy is Kathy Dugan, Paris's grandmother. Her daughters are Kathy Hilton, Kim Richards, and Kyle Richards. She, her first husband, she married when she was like 19. And that's Larry Avanzino. Had, right. And that's who she had Kathy Hilton with. That's Kathy's father. Larry Avanzino, who was like a tough, cool guy in high school. He was like a hot Long Island guy who she fell in love with. They had a torrid affair. She got pregnant. Supposedly the first time she had sex, she like got and supposedly pregnant. supposedly she like did it on purpose. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because she she's like a little psycho. But he was like the hottest guy in Long Island. And like that's who she got married to and had the kid with. They got divorced because he was like, it turned out he was like pretty abusive and a drunk. Or he got mad because she wanted Kathy, her daughter, their daughter, to be a child star. Then she married Kent Richards and she had Kim and Kyle. Whew. Did she do a number on Ken Richards and his family? She basically, according to this book, stole Ken Richards right from under his wife. Oh, right. She like very much was like a homewrecker. She kind of spotted him one day and was like, that's the guy. That's what I'm going to go to. It's worth saying that this whole book, because it's like unauthorized, the vibe of the book is so like, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people saying that Kathy, big Kathy Hilton entrapped men and withheld sex. It's a theme. Sex is a theme. Said to have like entrapped men by becoming pregnant and then- and then withholding sex. And then withholding sex. That came up like twice. Also very Catholic, Irish Catholic, like psycho guilt shit going on too. Yeah. No, I mean, it's weird because it's just like she she obviously was a woman who, I don't want to call it a psychotic need, but she, and I don't want to psychoanalyze because I actually don't think that psychoanalysis is like the most interesting part of the story. But she was a woman who, for whatever reason, wanted to be famous. And if she couldn't be famous because she she never ended up being famous, she wanted her daughters to be famous. And if her daughters weren't famous, she wanted her granddaughters to be famous. Right. She wanted someone with her blood to be on the cover of every single magazine 
in the United States. That was like her life goal was to be seen, was to be famous, was to be American. And she studied it. She studied it. One quick crazy thing is like when she was married to Ken Richards, he had two daughters, like older daughters, and she was like apparently pretty awful to them. And one of them says that one of them's in the book, like these people are in the book, they are talking. And one of them says that one time she put a screw inside of like spaghetti that she made the daughter and was like, he, 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 when the daughter found it, like this woman was abusive. So sex and abuse, big themes. Yeah. Right. And it's all kind of like setting the stage for, I, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's like wealth. It's like, up it's like, it's just like fucked up. And that's why I think it felt so American to me. It's like, it's like fucked up wasps. It's like drunk yeah. Irish Catholic <laughs> abusers is like yeah, so American. Like that is the, and like a Texan, like rando you know, who like made it big to New York. Like that is the vibe of this. It's like very white, very American, very Catholic, very Christian. Right. And what you also learn is that like Kathy Hilton, even though her father was like the most attractive guy in Long Island and like her mom obviously had a certain type of sex appeal, was actually not super hot. And she did not make it. I mean, she was in those like very weird, like baby boudoir photo shoots, which is like screams child abuse (laughs) to me. It's like Mm. sexy pictures of babies to like send to like soldiers in like World War II. So like we can, you know, I don't, I don't even want to get it. That that's just like so freaky to me. Like with their fucking shirt off, like with the baby nipples and like doing like the boudoir in their uh, like little diapers. It's just like it's really fucked up pin up babies dude pin up, i mean pin up girls are a big part of this book but yeah pin up, pin up babies right but uh so so kathy helton didn't really make it because she matured into you know she just she just didn't look the part you know whatever i i don't either but that, nothing against her but like she just didn't look the part um and she was also like quite stupid it seems <laughs> she like didn't have a lot everyone of said brain. that they were all dumb everyone who was they're all dumb as kathy was like she was dumb as a fucking rock like dumb but she was like a huge partier in high school with like new, like obviously had a certain type of sex appeal was like always like known as Big a key is like, no, I'm talking about uh, Kathy Hilton. Okay. Yeah. Like really, really dumb, but like what, grew up in Los Angeles and like a fun girl. Yeah. She was like fun. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like she had a certain type of sex appeal. And I think that she, like, she got it from her mom where it's just like, she would, she, she was very flirtatious and very sexy, but like never had sex, which like also brings us to like the famous Paris Hilton quote, which is like, I'm not, I'm sexy, not sexual. Yeah. Right. Which is like, seems to run in the family. And then when she, I think when she was 19, she met Rick. Rick Hilton. Rick Hilton had grown up in a super rich family and then he had gone to, I forget what college it was. No, I know where, okay. He goes to the same school that I can bleep it out, but that went to. No, no. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. He told me he's like, the joke about our school is it's the Harvard of the West. It's school you send your like dumb rich kid to and you pay full tuition and everyone gets fucked up for four years. I've heard stories. Well, I've met I people who go to this school. I have met alumni of this school. And let me tell you, it checks out that he was a student at Denver University. Isn't that oh, insane? Because I've also met this guy 
Right. Which is also, oh my God, it's like the funniest thing when I was reading uh, House of Hilton, they're like, yeah, Paris Hilton went to Dwight. And um, I was like, I was about to text Gemma. I was like, you know what Dwight stands for? Dumb white idiots getting high together. And then I turned the page and it was like, just so you know, Dwight, like in like yeah. uh, New York lore stands for dumb white idiots getting high together. And I was like, yeah, I fucking knew that. But like, that, right. That's kind of like the vibe of the whole thing. Nothing so against people who go to Dwight. I don't know. There are probably some like cool people who go to Dwight. I, I never met one. I mean, they're really socialites. I mean, that's kind of the thing. It's like they kind of Paris Hilton was born from socialite culture, from like waspy socialite culture. So then to like revisit the structure of the book for a second. So we start with the maternal roots and then book two is the paternal roots. And what's interesting is that the maternal roots um, start in much more recent time. And so there is much more opportunity for there to be like these enemies that are alive, that can speak, that have like recent memory or enough memory that they can call on. But we start from like, OG day one with Conrad Hilton, you know, living in like, I don't even know, I don't even remember, it's like the fucking prairie in Texas. No, like from, right. And he, it was like his parents were German. Like his parents were like, his mom was like six foot tall, like German woman. Yeah, they was- were like German like Texan pioneer people. And like he had four, it was like him, he was one of like four siblings and they all grew up to be really successful. Like they were really smart people. Like they were like, education was important, but um, that was the other thing. Like the Conrad Hilton side, they, they talk about him constantly as being like a true cowboy. And apparently he had a huge cock. So that's all, that was like a weird thing in the book. Like, okay. So, and I'm, I'm forgetting this because I read, I read the book, um, a few, like a month before you, but he started the first hotel that he bought was kind of like this random, um, I guess in like, I guess you'd call it like a shitty roadside motel. Yeah, in so Texas. He bought right? one of those, right, in Texas. And he kind of he didn't turn it into like like a Hilton as we know, like like a Waldorf uh Astoria now, but he turned it into something that was like making him a lot of money. Um and then when he did, he was, you know, he 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 just he like he like understood that this could possibly be like a profitable business. So he started like buying abandoned properties or buying properties that were like going under, and so he'd get like a really good deal on them. Um and so, and then, you know, renting out the rooms and making them into hotels and like really focusing on the service and like yada, yada, yada. And he did that all up to the early 20th century when the Great Depression hit. The Great Depression hit. Um, somehow he managed to stay afloat. I think it's because he already had a lot of money in his bank account. But then after the Great Depression, um, he, I think that he took, right. It's like, he took a bet on like a big place mm-hmm. in like a certain part of Texas. I think it was like in, it, it was like in Houston or Austin or San Antonio or something like a big major or El Paso, like, like a kind of like a major Texas major city. city. Yeah. He bought like a huge building and he turned that into a hotel. And then all of a sudden, everyone who was now traveling after the great depression, people who were beginning to like get money again or like yada 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 um they started to all stay in his relatively low-priced hotel which focused on service 
um, because it was like relatively affordable and it was like kind of, you know, a way station when people were like recovering from the like economic fallout of the Great Depression. People would like pass through middle America or pass through the Southwest and they'd have to stay somewhere and they'd be like, all right, cool. We can stay at this Hilton. We almost like we can recognize the name. It's reputable in the state of Texas. And then kind of like from then on, you know, he, 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 he bet the farm, you know what I mean? He would like, he like, he like bought big, like go big or go home. And then he turned into Conrad Hilton. Yeah. He got insanely rich. He bought like, it wasn't the Drake in Chicago, but like he bought like a really big Chicago hotel. And then like the Waldorf Astoria was always like his, uh, his dream. Um, And then like eventually he bought it. But in the meantime, he, uh, he moved from Texas to Los Angeles after his first wife, um, left him for who an alcoholic mother of, who was the mother of Baron and Nikki. Yes. The two men, the two um, men. his sons, he, right. His sons, he, he divorced her and he went to Los Angeles. He was an alcoholic classic energy of being like an alcoholic in bed mom. Mm-hmm. So he moved to LA and it's kind of like, the like and the the rest is history but 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 the rest of history is actually a pretty interesting thing because he moved to LA and all of a sudden became completely intertwined in the like alcoholic young beautiful woman actress Charlotte's and like Zsa Zsa Gabor I mean this is so weird I like remember my like parents like referencing her as like this like you know, sultry, sumptuous, like famous for being sexy, basically, you know, person. She would hang out with my grandpa. Yeah. And like Zsa was like, arguably like the blueprint, like for people like Paris, you know, like she was like, just like gorgeous and bombshell and like, just, and she was married to Conrad and he wanted to marry her. And then she was like immediately very unhappy. And she like kind of made it clear that she did it for the ring. Like she did it to get the money. And like, once you understand like the context around all of these like starlets or rich people from a different era, it's like, yes, their dresses were like perhaps more high-waisted or something like that. Or like their hair wasn't as messy as our hair is now. Like they weren't doing indie sleeves or like whatever the fuck. But it was the same type of bullshit that was like going on. It's like people were getting really fucked up. Actually, they were probably getting even more fucked up than people now even like dream of, Yeah, you know, and they were just like all hitting each other, like smacking each other in the face and like oh, fucking yeah. each other and like doing X, Y, and Z. And then like when they got sick of it or when they got bored, they would just like move on to the next, which yeah. is like whatever, like you do you, it doesn't, or it not you feel do like a portrait you, like of a- like a ton, like. Just it, like I know people still do that, but like it does feel like such a thing. I don't know. I felt like such a strong, like I, I felt like a familiar vibe, you know. No, you but that's what about. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Should, I mean, I think that like now the like physical abuse isn't as condoned. Obviously, like you can't just like hit your girlfriend and the girlfriend like laughs it off. Like how like like uh, I I forget the girlfriend who was like, oh yeah, like he used to punch like Nikki Hilton used to like punch me in the head all the time but like we would oh, yeah, laugh she's like, about he was it. such a sweetie 
Yeah, but like he would always call me and apologize the next morning. Like it's totally fine. We were both like so fucked on quaaludes. You know, like that's not as permissible these days. Like you can't just like show up to your acting job with a black eye. Like that guy would be like me too really, really fast. But like um it's it, it's so it's so similar to like what you read in the tabloids like today or you know the 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 people's tabloid twitter.com, you know what I mean? Um Paris and love is all about abuse and like hints towards sexual abuse, but never, never claims it. Never says it outright. It never says outright that she was sexually abused. But that's like clearly a a truth. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't help but like, you know, kind of feel like this kind of deep sadness, this like kind of like this tragedy of like family cycles I think Kim and Kathy were definitely like abused um possibly Kim was definitely abused sexually um their mom would like bring men home and be like watch my daughter's dance and like but also her mom would like ask like older men to come over to be like can you take my daughter's virginity so she knows how to be a good fuck the abuse of women by other women by men is like rampant. I mean, it actually gets like Nikki Hilton section is like hard to read. Like Paris, she talks all the time about how getting famous and like whether or not this is true, getting famous was her way of erasing her past. And that to me is fascinating to take in context with reading this book all about her family's past. But right, but that's the crux of it. That's the crux of where, of like why a book like House of Hilton, which like at the end of the day, House of Hilton is just kind of like a higher, I'm not gonna say highbrow, but like higher brow, like long form tabloid article. You know what yeah. I mean? It just is. That's what it is, like for better or worse. Yeah. But like that's, that is the context that makes it kind of Im- an important book is because you see a show like This is Paris or Paris in Love, and you understand that not only is the is the is the sexual and physical abuse like hereditary yeah but you also realize that like when Paris is like I don't know why my mom's like this or like my mom and I you know she'll say like blanket statements like my mom was kind of absent when I was growing up and now she's like really controlling you realize that like Kathy and Rick Hilton were known for being like horrible to the staff at the Waldorf Astoria. And horrible parents, like leaving Paris alone with a random mate. It's not just random that like Paris and Nikki Hilton would like act out the way that they did. You know, they were doing it for a reason. They were like doing it to get attention. They were doing it, you know, so their parents like pay attention to them. Um, And they were doing it because it's like, you know, when you're a kid you get everything you want. There's no like control in getting something that you want. So you want control from a different outlet or you're just like used to like the theme of like being like out of control because you trust that like at the end of the night, you're going to have like a bed to sleep in, you know, you know what I mean? So, so you, you understand that Paris Hilton actually makes a lot more sense than, than the lore or the fantasy, even if it's her own fantasy of herself. Right. And so my association with Paris Hilton is like through House of Beverly Hills and like Kim and Kyle who like kind of set the stage for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like they were kind of like the glue that started that franchise. And Kim 
especially was like this really tragic figure, like a child star gone wrong, like a child star who has like insane substance abuse issues and like going back to like the Hilton side of it, like Conrad Hilton. I think that's something really crazy was, you know, you're saying that he's like a cowboy. There's this incredible part in the book. I think it's with Zaza Gabor. No, it's when- not Zaza. It's, are you talking about the, the burping? Yeah. No, that's with Nikki's last wife. Oh, okay. So it's like this. Ooh, seemed again, like a really genuinely lovely woman. <laughs> this like gorgeous Hollywood starlet. She like yeah. meets. She was like 19 when she married Nick Hilton, who was like 40. Right. And she like, she's like meeting Conrad, who's Nick's dad for the first time. And they go to like the private dining room. And apparently the whole time Conrad Hilton is farting and burping and like smoking his cigar. And she was like, the stench was so unbearable i could not eat a bite of my food and apparently he didn't just do that to like intimidate young woman <laughs> like apparently he was just like the type of guy i've never met someone like this but he would just like pass gas and belch at like every sit down meal like that was just like what he did and he was like this huge man and apparently it wasn't like it wasn't like loud and not smelly it was like silent but deadly yeah like he would like really he did not give a fuck about about this type of shit it's disturbing she heard like rumblings from the table and she was like what is that noise (laughs) i know and it was like him like literally farting so yeah so the other thing is that nick was like very rumored to be closeted because he like always had like the next hot thing on his arm but everyone said he had like he was very well endowed, but somehow could never really get it up in the bedroom. Yeah, and apparently all the Hilton men have like ten inch dicks that are like No, the book is the book is weird and it's weirdly written and it's honestly like it's not super well written, but it's written in the type of way which um which which makes you really understand it as like less of a tabloid and even less of a biography, more of like a genealogy of American psychosis. Yes, for sure. There's a real through line of like a, a tragic emptiness that I feel like is associated with like American fame. Yeah, wait, say more. Cause I think that that's, that's one of the big points. These people who are so desperate to be famous are clearly just so badly trying to fill some void and they end up always filling the void with like sex and drugs and alcohol and money. And then they spend all the money and they drink all the booze and they do all the drugs and they fuck everybody that's famous. And they're like, and then they have a kid and then they have kids and then those kids have kids. I don't know. Like it it almost makes me want to like go all the way back like know about like Kathy like big Kathy Hilton's parents and like Conrad's parents like but the fact that those two start out each section is crazy because they're both seem to be such empty people yeah like sad fucked up abusive people yeah I guess like to pivot or something or like to start to close out or whatever, like, so first of all, Paris in Love, which I'm, I'm really only watching it is because like, because of this podcast, 
And um, also watching it post read is much more interesting than watching it straight out. No, it really is. But the reason I started watching it was because of this podcast. And I was just like, um, I think that this could be like an important like season of reality television to watch. But I literally couldn't watch it. It's so bad. After reading the book, as you as you just said, like it becomes more interesting because you know like a certain type of context or unknown about it. But that's also it then becomes the most uh the most fascinating contradiction. Yeah. Right? Where it's like P- Paris Hill uh, so part of the show is you realize that Paris Hilton has always been known as a singularity. Yeah. Right? She's like a first name, last name type of person. Yeah. She she kind of exists without context. Mm-hmm. Even if she's with her sister or with Kim Kardashian, she's the one who shines. Yeah. Right? Somehow it's always just Paris. Right? Yeah. Um. And, I, and then you watch a show like This Is Paris or Paris in Love, and these shows are like very awkwardly in like the most stilted manner trying to like expand upon the notion of the singularity of Paris Hilton. Yeah. To like include like the family. Yeah. Of like Nikki Hilton and Kathy Hilton. Rick Hilton is like never in the picture. And, like, maybe a little bit of Baron and Tessa, who, like, you went to college with. Yeah. That's <laughs> so a whole weird. other story. Same year, same graduating year, whatever. Um, but, right, so they start to try to, like, expand upon the notion of the singular Paris Hilton to include the family. But mm-hmm. they, don't, they, they don't mention anything about the family. Yes. So the family just becomes these like this weird concoction of these like three f- like fully made up, fully Botoxed, nose jobbed, boob jobbed, random woman who, you know, mother and two daughters who obviously all it's not even that they hate each other. It's just like they don't have There's no trust. a relationship. There's no trust they don't have a relationship they're just three women in the same room who happen to be related but reading a book like this you realize that that's actually not the case like paris hilton is actually not a singularity and never has she been a singularity it's why i keep saying the lore of paris hilton because she comes from not only a blood lineage but also the lineage of conrad hilton and nikki hilton dating all these like incredibly famous Hollywood starlets. Mm -hmm. She comes from a genealogy of this incredibly specific type of fame. Yes. So that's why you then trashy fame or just famous for being famous. Like we don't need to attribute for being hot, famous for being like Nikki Hilton dated a lot of having huge tits famous for being able to hold your liquor famous for being able to be rich and like buy drinks yeah. for everyone at the bar famous for like always being able to fuck the hottest person at the bar right famous for like always having sex with like the the most famous person in the room you know what i mean it's just like these 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 kind of like being famous for like not not just for being famous but for being brilliant within the social context yeah socialites being socialite yeah, it is socialite i mean and like they're in in this is Paris, she talks about um, well in 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 Paris and love the only family member they ever bring up is is Conrad. They say my grandfather Conrad. They clearly you know feel 
very, you know, his legacy is important. And they talk about how he basically like made Vegas one of it. Right. And that's, I mean, I love that you just said that because the way that they say it is so affectless. Because they don't seem to be attached to their. It's just a fact for them. It's not, it's something which is so mundane or so repeatable that it becomes an anomaly to show that it's weird. So this is Paris was all about like exposing some truth. And the doc is also kind of about like freeing her, like by allowing her to tell her trauma to the, her fans and her world, she can be freed. Well, also and about people taking her more seriously. Paris in love is so concocted and like so fake and like really doesn't seem like a logical follow-up to this is Paris. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. Like this idea of like her wanting to be freed or something. And having this book at the same time that like totally shackles her to her parents and her family's hit past. Right. And you can also totally see like a sequel to Paris and love, like Paris and love season two or whatever being like or Paris pregnant. It's going to be her right, ba- exactly baby. like <laughs> being, being just like, Oh, like shooting Paris and love. Like that was so fake. Like that was such a concoction. Like I like try so hard to be real, but like, that's actually like not at all what was going on. And you're just like, like, when are you going to stop? Like, it just becomes like too self-obsessed, but that's what I was saying. It like, it would be kitsch, right. But it, but it lacks any sense of irony. Like it's, it's incredibly self-serious. Yeah. Well, right. Like it, it vibes campy, but they can't even do camp because they're like not aware enough. Such a a strange person. And she's hanging on to that type of cultural phenomenon which she thought she was but she was actually just a product of which lends itself to our conversation last time about the interiority of Kim Kardashian where Paris Hilton thinks that she can resuscitate the image of herself by exposing a type of interiority but she can't she just can't because that's not the answer to being an object yeah that's well, I mean, well said, I think, I think to close out this point you made at the end of the notes. And I think what to relate to what you're saying about this kind of like genealogy and that she's not, a, she's not singular. She's a product. Um, is the Waldorf, the Waldorf Astoria, um, as a location for, yeah. which was the place Conrad Hilton says, I'll own this one day. And then Paris revisits that location where she lived and has a breakdown because of the things she was going through as a teenager when living there. Right. Exactly. It's the, it's the dialectical concoction of triumph and trauma. Right. And that feels like what this book is about. Truly. It feels like it's about a family's story of like success or how they got to where they are. And in that process, a lot of trauma was enacted. Yeah. And a lot of pain was caused. And a lot of sex was had. And a lot of Long Island iced teas were drank. It's been Um, real. Thanks for (laughs) listening. (laughs) That was a crazy book. I do recommend. I do recommend. I do recommend. I do recommend. And I also, I recommend reading it and then watching it. Paris and love. You will not be disappointed by that series of events. Shout out to Jerry Oppenheimer. I still believe in you, bro. 
he seems like a chill guy. I want to have him on the pod. I mean, yeah, he's just like a psycho research obsessed writer. Like, I love him. <laughs> I do love him. I want to like get a Cosmo with him. He really looks like uh, Stanford. Stanford. I know he does. R.I.P. He looks the best. Um. Yeah. All right. Love you. Love you too. Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah to hold the door when I give them so much more than they can imagine money rich and manners poor never got the boys too far money talks but I just walk when I can't stand it and the primary mistake texting on a date if you make a lady wait she'll take a pass the lesson all should learn even if there's cash to burn respect yourself cause no one else can change your path money you've met to exemplify their very best behavior when entering a room greet everyone and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur your company should feel when a conversation's real even if the topic feels like science class you can tell where someone's been without even asking him he's either rude or has some style and panache money Elegance and flair and savoir faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. Haha. <laughs> it's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't buy.